0: You have to talk about those goals, because if you don't lay that plan out, at least just even from a vague general perspective, then you're not working towards anything. And then it's just waking up, going to work, coming home, repeating, complaining about it. And that's ultimately what burnout is.
1: Welcome, everyone, to what I have learned so far with Meg Letty. In case you are new to the podcast, I would like to take a moment to introduce myself and why I decided as a busy working mom to find the time to put this together. When I was in my late 30s after working as a surgical physician assistant for about 13 years, I found myself severely burned out. This affected my relationships, my work, my mental, and ultimately my physical health. I felt like I didn't have time to breathe, let alone the time to find the resources to help me out of my burnout cycle. I did find a way out that has led me to a more fulfilled and joyful life. I would like to be a resource for you to do the same. I will walk you through simple steps to integrate into your busy day to help you move out of the burnout cycle. Even if you feel like you don't have time to breathe, you can do this. If I can do it, literally anybody can. Please note, because I am nowhere near perfect, I may slip up and use an occasional minor curse word for emphasis or due to raw emotion. Please be aware. Thank you so much for being here. Let's break the burnout cycle together. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today on the podcast, I interview Steve Washuda. He's a personal trainer and a successful entrepreneur who is married to a physician and watched her walk through burnout. And so what was really interesting to me when he reached out, he was like, I really want to tell the story of what it looked like on the other side of burnout when it wasn't you being burnt out. It was the person you were married to being burnt out. And so he's got some great insights. He's got some great tips. and so let's take a listen. Go ahead, Steve.
0: Well, Meg, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, having me on to discuss burnout because it's uh, it's across all industries. I'm a personal trainer and I actually work with personal trainers. I'm sort of a personal trainer mentor. I wrote a book called Fitness Business 101. I have a, a Truly Fit, which is a podcast and also a a platform, a marketplace, if you will, that helps personal trainers build their business. So I see this throughout my industry all the time. But uh, my wife uh, is a pediatrician, and specifically a sports medicine-trained uh, pediatric doctor. And uh, I am part of a family who has to deal with you know medical career burnouts yeah. on a, uh, a day-to-day basis. So it is uh, you know the, the second I heard you talk about this, I said this really resonates with me, and I'm wondering how everyone else sees the family's role in this and how that is incorporated into, into burnout.
1: Yeah, and it's so funny because I never thought, I always wanted people to tell their burnout stories, but I never thought about the family's role in it. And my family has played such a huge role in my burnout. And I just love that you reached out and were like, hey, let me tell this part of it. So tell me all about it, what it felt like, what did it, what did it look like?
0: I think, firstly, it's important to note that a lot of people, and I'm sure people listening to this are in the medical field, they, they understand. But from an outsider's perspective, we forget, people who are not in that field, that there's so much schooling that goes on, that there's not a lot of other like sort of life things that take place. Mm-hmm. So you can be in school basically for 27, 28 straight years. And before you know it, you have your first real job. And there's all these nuances to the workplace, to the nine to five, to the career field that people are are not anticipating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, f- from my perspective, there's a lot of things that maybe I didn't explain to my wife on the front end that were going to happen to her. And she was kind of thrown into the fire. And then we learned afterwards, like, okay, we have to talk about these things because some of these things are normal. Some of these things you can control, some of the things you, you can't control. But basically, let's let's talk about some of the things you can't control. So for example, as a, as a physician, you have 15 minutes with a patient and that's it, right? You got to get to the next patient. That's going to cause a little bit of uh, adding to burnout, right? Because that's going to cause some anxiety. Somebody walks into the appointment and it's supposed to be a well-child check and they go, I want to talk about my depression. You go, I, you know, we got 12 minutes left. Yeah. Um, you know, this, you're going to have to book another appointment, but you don't want to say that, right? You have three other people waiting in the next rooms. You want to help each individual person as that's why you joined that career field. You want to help other people, but you are limited on what you can do by the system and by the time, right? Yes, so those absolutely. are some variables that unfortunately you can't control. And and what do you do about that? And we can talk about that later. And then obviously there's variables you can control. You show up to work 10 minutes late and your hair is on fire. Well, you know, the whole day is going to go bad from there on out, right? So that's an externality that you can control. But again, I'll, I'll go back specifically to my wife. So from you know, from not having ever really worked a real job to being in school her whole life and then jumping in to that career between having no control over her her schedule and being able not to help people as much as she thought she could help people because people in the medical field are a lot of times very smart. They're overachievers. They want to do more and more and more. They're very judgmental on themselves and saying, I could have done more. They come home at the end of the day and say, you know, I could have done something different. And I think, you know, all of those things lead towards burnout and we were experiencing them, she would come home and we'd have to go through this venting process. And she felt overwhelmed, not only by the hours and the, and the patients and, and all of those sorts of things, but just, just by the whole macro picture of what was going on and what was out of her control. So, uh, basically we, you know, we just had to have a sit down and say, you know, we, we need a way in which we can control more of these curveballs and variables to limit, uh, your, your anxiety.
1: Yeah. And what did that look like when she walked through the door? Because I know when I walked through the door, my husband wanted to leave the room. I mean, he was like, You're a bear.
0: So she works 20 minutes away from home. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times there's a phone call prior to walking through the door, and there's a venting process on that phone call, which I find healthy to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. But basically, what we said right away, after the first two weeks or so, because there would be a venting process, and then she would come home, and there were conti- that venting process could continue throughout the whole night, and it would take over the and the entirety of the day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we just limited that venting process to that car ride home. You have 20 minutes. We can talk about this, and then once you walk through that door, we are done. Like mm-hmm. th- we we are living our lives. Work is work. Life is life, and we can't have it all encompassing it. And, and part of that also, I'll speak to this maybe this is a step ahead but you know there's a difference between listening and fixing it's very important whether you're talking to let's say it's a mother maybe it's maybe you don't have a a husband or a wife or whoever significant other but it's a mother or a best friend or somebody i don't think it ruins the conversation personally to tell them on the front end hey i don't need you to fix this problem <laughs> i'm just venting can you just let me vent and then otherwise you can say yeah, we we are trying to fix this problem. Can you help me resolve this issue I have with my colleague? And I, there's a big difference.
1: That is such an important point. Um, my husband is walking through burnout right now and I'm a fixer. I want to fix everything. And so he has pointed out to me, I'm just venting right now and because I'm offering like, of course, I'm offering tips to help prevent burnout, right? <laughs> and he's like, I just need to vent. And I think that's so important. Now he tells me, this is like my venting. I'm not, I don't you, I don't need you to fix me. And I think that's a very important point, especially for all of us that have that process that need to get out what their day looked like, but don't need a fix. They're just trying to get it out. They're just trying to process their day.
0: Yeah. And and part of that, and I'll speak to this next because it, it it sort of interplays with what you just said is understanding yourself. You're a fixer. I'm a fixer. So I have to sort of understand that, okay, naturally I want to fix. I have to like, before the before I even press that answer button, I have to be like, okay, maybe I don't need to fix these problems. And then, you know, again, that that also plays into burnout is understanding your roles and who you are and who does what better and how you can use that to your advantage. So for example, I'm a morning person. So it's no big deal for me to wake up at 5 a.m. and start getting things in order for the day. Mm -hmm. Whereas my wife likes to sleep, vice versa. I turn into a pumpkin by 6 PM and her brain is still going post work. So she can handle the night tasks and I can handle the morning tasks. And it's, and, and that's just how it has to be. And, and there is no, like we're, we're sharing tasks in the morning. Like I I'll get her, I'll get her breakfast ready. I'll get her lunch ready. I'll get things in order. I'll handle the baby in the morning, those sorts of things. And then at night it's, you know, that it's, it's repaid so to speak.
1: Yes. And I think that's important, knowing to play to your strengths. That's so key in, in helping mitigate burnout, because if you're not playing to your strengths and you're just constantly fighting your nature, it's it's always going to feel bad.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, you have to play sometimes little tricks with yourself to, to, to once you understand who you are in order to get the proper things done. For example, if you're just not a morning person, but you understand showing up to work five minutes late is going to be a problem. I don't know. You have to have some incentive to get there, whatever it is, whether it's like a food incentive. And you're like, you know what, I'm going to give myself this bacon, egg and cheese in the morning or whatever it is. Right. So just just so that I I can get to work early. And I know that I have to leave 10 minutes early to stop by the store in order to get it and then get there, whatever those incentives are to make sure that you don't start the day off on the right foot, because I, I do know, and we all know, whatever industry you're in, if you start that day off bad, it's so hard to recover, especially in fields in which you're on other people's schedules, like, like personal trainers. We have a booked appointments, right? If you already fall behind, it's going to be bad.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I had to make a switch in the morning instead of getting out of bed to get in the shower and get to work because it was really a struggle for me to do that, I switched to now I get out of bed for a cup of coffee. And that gets me out of bed because I can spend time with the coffee and really savor it. And then I can start my day. And it's been a game changer. That makes perfect
0: sense. And and just to add to something else you said, the showering. I don't know why people don't shower at night who aren't morning people. So you can know, get, get in the shower at night because you, you know, and I know some people say, well, the shower wakes me up. But yeah, I, I know. But that could be dependent upon who you are. Obviously. Uh, I don't have to do my hair in the morning, so it's, it's quick for me to shower. But for some people, showering takes 20 minutes. Yes. And if you're, if you're an actual, if you're like, I'm not a morning person, well, then those 20 minutes should be sleep, not getting up and showering. So and there's there's so many things that you can do on the front end. I think the what I call the externalities around your day to limit the chances of curveballs as opposed to the things that you just can't
1: control. Right, and I think we also get stuck in a way of thinking about I can't change or or it's uncomfortable to change. Right, you know, changing that shower in the morning may seem like a huge obstacle to people, but really, just being open to the process and just allowing, saying, "All right, I'm just going to try it." Just being willing to try, I think, is a is a big thing in order to change the way your life looks. You have to be willing to change.
0: I, I couldn't agree more, and I'll add one thing to that, Meg, is that some people try to change too many things at once. And, you know, as somebody who works with people for a living, helping change their diets and their their fitness, it's important to not go zero to 60, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're someone experiencing burnout and you sit down and you're like, these are the 12 things I think I can change. I'm going to do them all tomorrow. That, that might not work. You should one thing at a time. First, it's that shower in the morning and then it's the vent process at the end of the day. And then it's a food thing. And then, you know, once you've sort of, mastered the one thing, then you move on to the next variable.
1: Right. And you know, we're talking to high achievers, right? So this is key. I just want to say this again, one thing at a time, one thing that you can fit into your day, That's small, that little change that you can make, and you'll build off that. Don't worry. But It really is important to not try to take the whole kit and caboodle and tackle it all at once because you will fail. I mean, that's the unfortunate part about it. You will fail. So just the small things. And I think these are all phenomenal tips that you're giving because they echo all of the things that I've been talking about. It's so awesome, Steve.
0: Now, you know, I also kind of want to pivot a little bit here, if you don't mind, and talk more about long term, because this is a lot of short term day to day stuff that we've been talking about, right? How to change the the variables during the day to to limit curveballs. But long term, there's things you can do also and things that even my wife and I sort of messed up on the front end and the, the beginning of the process that now we learned and we won't again. So like the contract you know you're you're in a negotiation but you know if if you have a contract you have to write down what's important to you in order and then try to like navigate the contract so that it affords those things that are the things that you want so I'll, let me give an an example here maybe financially you're okay you didn't have a lot of loans or your significant other makes good money and you know that it's it's the hours that you're worried about well take a 10% pay cut and get half days on Fridays because Mm -hmm. that's what's important to you. And that is what's going to help you long-term not burn out. Vice versa. Maybe the biggest thing looming over your head is a $600,000 loan that you took out to get to school. Well, then maybe money is, is, is what is eating at you and you need to take the job, even if it's not in the location that you necessarily thought you were going to work in or the hours that is giving you more money because ultimately you can't sleep at night thinking about the interest compounding on your loan. So you have to think about the things that affect you the most and then build your contract around that. Now some people don't have that luxury, but you at least have the luxury to look at different jobs and take or turn down jobs based on the things that matter to you more.
1: Yeah, and and to build off of this. So um physician assistants we in general in general, don't get contracts, but we can kind of work with, you know, what our pay is or what, you know, our time off is going to be and and things like that. But what I want to build off of this is that, you know, it's important for that first job. And again, I think you're right. That first job is kind of tough and you have to kind of hone in on what um, you're really looking for, whether it's pay to repay loans or whether it's hours. But I think as you get into your career, it's also really important to take a step back and say, well, you know, now I have kids. So now maybe, you know, money is important, but like, I want to spend some time, more time at home with my kids. And what can I change about that? And really taking stock in what makes you happy and then asking for it. And if it doesn't work, like luckily as, as PAs, we can change. So we're generally trained. And so we don't have to stay in one subspecialty. And we kind of had the world at our feet as like an oyster. And I always try to remind of this. It's like, you know, you can, you, you can change and you can do something else, or you can work part-time, or you can do these things that, you know, I know my sister's a physician and she's an OBGYN and she's stuck as an OBGYN that that's what she does. And so I think, you know, I have a very unique position in that, you know, we can welcome our goals into our life and change things around a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I think the art of negotiation is important. And asking the question should it be an issue I mean if if your you know uh, employer is going to fire you for simply asking a question then you don't want to work there anyway if you say hey listen I you know I I, I have a change I have a family now I want to spend more time with my son or my daughter and you know would you be willing to do x, y and z and then they say no but we would be willing to do a b and c mm-hmm. and you go okay uh, that's good enough for now right and, and just have that that conversation back and forth and, and see and ask and I I know again like you talked about, I think why it's so interesting is the, the high achiever mindset. Sometimes it's just different. Yeah. And a, a little bit of it is like, I got to put my head down. I just got to work through this. Mm-hmm. And and you you can't, right? You, you can't always just bust through those walls. You have to take a step back and say, what can I change? Because eventually I'm going to hit a wall that I just can't bust through.
1: Yeah. And you are so right. And that wall, I mean, at least for me, came about midlife. You know, I mean, it's all of a sudden you hit this wall and it's like, dang, you know, if I don't change, nothing's going to change and I'm going to end up here forever and ever. And that's not where I wanted to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I guess I wanted to hit on one more thing talking about the long-term is like some people have uh, no sort of like long-term, like secondary plan or like goal. And they just like sign the contract, they get the money, they're ready to pay off their loan, and that's it. It's like you have to talk about like your I know it sounds cliche, but like your five-year plan as a family or as an individual. It's like, do I wanna live in this state forever? Do I wanna be with this company forever? Is event is my eventual goal to is is it is my goal not even aligned with my job, meaning maybe you don't have a like a, an intra job goal where you're like, I want to see this many patients uh, throughout the three years, or I want to win this award. That's fine, but is is the goal to say I want to make sure that you know I only work thirty hours a week or something? Like, yeah, you have to talk about those goals. Because if you don't lay that plan out, at least just even from a vague general perspective, then you're not working towards anything. And then it's just waking up, going to work, coming home, repeating, complaining about it. And that's ultimately what burnout is.
1: Right. And not working towards something is a terrible way to kind of, you're just wandering through life, right? You're not actually moving towards something. So you're so right on with that. That's amazing.
0: Do do you... Do you think that you can sense other people's burnout? So like if, you, if you're at work, do you think that your colleagues can sense your burnout? And do you think you can sense theirs?
1: I, I'm i highly attuned to it now. So I definitely can sense when I'm around people that, um, I, I can just pick it up. I'm like, oh yeah, they're, they're just like on that verge today of they're on burnout. I hope that people can't pick it up in me, but I'm sure <laughs> they probably can. <laughs> I tend to get very short and very... Um, I stop talking. Yeah. So I get I get very, very short. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough.
0: Yeah. I I I, I asked that because I've I've never noticed it again in other people. And then I thought, well, I wonder if people ever noticed it in me. And if it's just something that some people hide and some people can't, or if it's, you know, if, if it's just innate and people go, I, I know that they've just they've had a day.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I can definitely start picking up on it now that I'm more educated about it, but I didn't pick up on it before.
0: Um, you know, and, you know, lastly here, I, I have to say as somebody who works in the you know personal training industry and fitness and health and with nutrition is that that all obviously plays into this. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into specifics, but I will say if you don't have some of those things under control, if you're not eating properly and even small things like you, you get that break at lunch and you're so hungry and you'll eat anything. So you, so so you didn't, you didn't plan a lunch and you run to McDonald's and stuff yourself with bad food. Not only do you feel bad for the rest of the day and your glycemic index, you have things are shooting up, but also like you could have spent that time if you pre-packed a healthy lunch, like maybe doing another errand that you wanted to, like on your phone or calling a family member or researching something or calling a parent back that you haven't got a chance to talk to. And I just think it's important to make sure that you have your, your nutrition in line as much as you can, especially for somebody in the medical field who already has a a somewhat of a background on it and knows what they're doing, right? It's not completely foreign. And then also your exercise because it's, it's not from a physical perspective, from a mental clarity perspective, right? Being able to exercise and, and get that all out of you really does calm you down. There's science behind it, the endorphins and the hormones and things of that nature.
1: Yeah. Two of the first tips I gave on one of my very first podcasts, one was a shake in the morning mm-hmm. to get good nutrients in your body and start growing your microbiome, you know, like cultivate your gut garden because that's connected with your brain. Exactly. And, and the other one was, if it's not exercise, it is physically moving your body in some way, shape or form. And one of the ways that I did this when I was really burnt out was I would Turn up the the um, volume in my car and yell. I I would yell to songs. Like I can't sing. I I really want to sing, but it got my air moving. It moved my body. It let me release those stress hormones. That's what exercise does, right? It releases those stress hormones and and gets you thinking clearer. So there are small ways where, you know, I think people think, Oh, you know, on diet and exercise. It sounds huge, right? It sounds like it has to be these huge changes. And again, we just need little things to start working in. And so you're so right on with, you know, if your diet and exercise are not there, you're not going to feel well. I mean, that's just, that's just science.
0: You don't have to wake up at 5.00 AM and be that person who is, um, having your phone at the gym and you're doing your, uh, your deadlifts and you're doing pull-ups and you're running four miles and you're on the battle ropes. You don't have to do that. You can pick up racquetball. You can pick up tennis. You can go on a brisk walk in the morning, something that gets you moving in some direction, whatever it is. And like you said, maybe it's singing loud in the car and just expending some of that extra excess energy is, is important to, to, to calm you down going into your day or at the end of your day.
1: It is. It's so great. So, I mean, we have gone through so many tips, I think, that, um, you know, people can use. But if you had to say there was like one thing, one thing that you could say like this, this is what I want you to take home today, what would that be?
0: It would be what we discussed a little bit earlier. Understand your partner. Or if, again, if, if if you don't have a partner, if it's a family member or somebody who's helping you, understand their strengths and weaknesses and really help them in those areas and let them handle the other things. If they're not morning people, do everything in the morning for them, help them out in the morning. If they're not night people, vice versa. If, if they struggle with, you know, the, uh, you know, I, I worked in the corporate world for a while. So I understood sort of the contract type stuff and all of that. So I had to help my wife when that was her first step in there. So use your strengths, understand who you are, and uh, that, that's really going to help long-term from like a macro perspective, handle all of the problems because there's going to be problems that you both deal with together, but there's going to be a lot of problems where you go, you know what? I'll handle this one. You handle the next one.
1: And I think this is an important point. And what I'm hearing is being able to accept help because as a high achiever, I do not want to accept help. I want to be able to do everything and do it the best you know, and it's not true. Sometimes you do need to accept help. And if you're strong in something that I'm not, I need to accept that and accept your help. So yeah, so true. So that's
0: totally. And one last thing here that some of that help too is not, is is asking your employers because you don't know what's important to them and what's not important to them. You might think it's a big ask and they go, no problem. You might say, Hey, you know, all I need is, uh, whatever. I want to shift work from instead of eight to nine, it would be so much, excuse me, eight to five, it'd be so much easier if I could do eight thirty to five thirty. And they go, no problem. That's actually better for us. We have a higher patient load from five to five thirty. That'll be better. Like you don't know what's a big ask and a small ask. So if it's gonna help you, just just give it a go. Ask yes. somebody for help.
1: Worst they can get, worst you can get is a no, right? That's exactly right. Well, this is awesome. Steve, this was so awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And you know, where can we find you? Like where can we go to check you out?
0: So uh, on Instagram, I'm just Steve Washuta. So S-T-E-V-E-W-A-S-H-U-T-A. You can get all my links from my link tree on there. I talk a lot about obviously like health and fitness, but really it's it's more about how to help uh, fitness and health professionals in a day-to-day. So I say it's it helps you grow your wisdom and your wealth. It's ways to expand both you being better at your career, but you also making more money.
1: That is awesome. Well, I will put all this info into um, the podcast page show notes. And I just, I'm so grateful that you reached out. And this was so great. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Meg. If you're really enjoying this podcast, head on over to Apple and give me a rating and review. And also click that follow button so that you know when the next podcast comes out. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. The information, opinion, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in the podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast is not to be considered professional advice. Before starting any change in physical, mental, or dietary practice, you should consult your medical provider.